Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. Thanks for joining us today. We are bringing you another installment of our Clinical Corner article. Our first one of 2023. Man, that's amazing. I know. Can you just like for a second be with me real quick? Every month last <laughs> last year, I said, I can't believe. Can you believe? It's 2023. It's 2023. I know. Here we are 20 days in, and I don't think I've written 2022 yet today, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, time's a-flying. Time's flying. We're back New stuff's top. coming out. It's pretty New cool, stuff. pretty exciting. We have a case report to bring everyone today, which and is kind of cool. since it is a new year, why don't we also reintroduce what clinical corners are, why we do them, who they're yeah. for. Yeah, so one of the cool things uh, is that we do a lot of continuing education at Oxford. So our therapists typically do three to four times the requirement for Con Ed. So we bring our folks together. Um, and do in-company sponsored Con Ed, which we have one coming up in February, which is pretty cool. Yep. And we just had one in December. Yep. So that's pretty cool. And then um, our folks can do external Con Ed also, where they go to formal courses. Uh, but this clinical corner is a way that we bring a little bit of education each month to the staff meeting. So every month we go over a journal article in each clinic as, as a group. And uh, it's the same article in all the offices. And the goal is... You know, just keep current, learn new techniques, stay on top of stuff, see mm -hmm. what's out there in the research. And that way we stay as sharp as possible. You know, the fact that we are owned by a physical therapist and are a physical therapist, I think, really helps keep our focus on the patient and making sure that we're learning and doing everything we can to offer the best techniques. I love it. And staying on top of all the PT new techniques, new trends, new treatments, all yeah. the things. And so, uh, you know, as kind of we were doing this, we thought, hey, let's give this opportunity to our whole audience to see these articles because we put some time into finding them and mm -hmm. getting the best ones. And, you know, uh, we do have many student listeners. So shout out to our students out there. Hey, students. What's up? So that gives them a chance to, you know, they're so busy reading and doing other things and researching. They may not see like a real great, um, you know, specific article mm -hmm. to outpatient. So we, we did the work for them. That's right. We're just describing it to them. That's We're right. Reading so a story. Just give kidding. them a give them a little <laughs> snapshot. So um, anyway, that's kind of the background yeah. of we kind also of where ask a quiz question. Do we have one ready for this one? Yeah, so I think um, it's kind of a quiz question, but not multiple choice answer, like short answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, regional interdependence is a concept that's talked about in this article, and I think it makes some interesting points. And so, um, you know, we are very much focused right now in physical therapy on like clinical prediction rules and fitting people into classification systems and patterns. And, um, you know, they fit into this nice little box and then you do these treatments and they get better. Well, sometimes as we'll see in this article, like people don't fit into that nice little box oh. and they have multiple areas. And so yeah. then what do you do? Everyone's different, right? Yeah. yeah. So what do you do when somebody doesn't fit into a nice little pattern that you might what have learned about? What a predicament. Yeah. Yeah. So 
that kind of brings us to our article. Um, it's called The Triple Crown, A Regional Interdependence Approach to Managing Axillary Pain, a Case Report. It's just a lot of words, but triple crown, that makes me think of like horse racing. Yeah, Has pretty much. To do with that, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, it's actually in the story. Um, the So it's a case report. So it's about one individual. Guys. Yeah, so <laughs> this is about one individual who had an issue. They did some techniques and they kind of report on that. We've talked about case reports before. Um, and axillary pain for maybe our patient or lay listeners out there is just pain in your arm, shoulder area. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of an interesting history. And one of the reasons why I thought it would be a good article is this was a 33 year old, uh, female, uh, equine stable worker. So she was working with horses. There we go. Yeah, so that's where the triple crown comes from. So she had reports of chronic axillary pain, pain in her arm. And the interesting thing is this kind of um, had been going on for a while. Um, she had like an eight-month history of this, and she really didn't have a mechanism um, of what started it. But she had a lot of popping around her shoulder blade, pain in the front of her shoulder, and interesting enough, her symptoms, she reported back, began about three weeks after she recovered from a respiratory infection, where she was doing a lot of heavy, frequent coughing. Okay. So here we are in January, and a lot of folks had, you know, different illnesses, respiratory illnesses, mm -hmm. et cetera. Especially with all this weather change that we've been yep. having is disgusting. Yep. So I'm just kind of thinking there may be some people out there, patients, listeners who relate to this, relate to this yeah. and are like, hey, I'm having that same thing. Mm -hmm. So this individual um, was, you know, having a lot of pain, described her pain as sharp and burning under her right shoulder blade. Um, and it was like a six out of 10. So we use that pain score. So okay. pretty decent amount of pain. So, Wait, so she was she was feeling this pain in her arm when she coughed or is this just uh, all the time? She had pain. pain all the time in her arm. I think it was worse with, you know, coughing um, and worse with activity. But she noticed it when she had that sickness. Yeah. Okay. It came on about three weeks after she was sick. Oh, so okay. she went to her primary care doctor because, you know, it was a bit of an odd area to have pain around yeah. her shoulder blade. And she had been sick and connected. stuff. And they ruled sinister things out and they referred her to physical therapy. Oh. So they said, hey, we think this is musculoskeletal. This is where you need to go. It all ties in at some point. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so this uh, this article does a great job of giving uh, the history, and I won't bore everyone with reading it all, but there's some really nice graphs um, that outline the exact patient history, uh, exact patient findings, and then intervention and treatment um, in different phases that we're going to talk about. So um, Allie will share this in the episode notes, but mm -hmm. there's even um, pictures of the specific mobilizations Love and treatment pictures. techniques that they did. So it's a really nice article uh, for someone that might want to apply these techniques clinically. Um, so anyway, so this individual, um, you know, they started physical therapy. Um, based on the differential diagnosis, uh, they looked at um, potential causes, right? So they were thinking... Um, cervical radiculopathy, rib dysfunction, shoulder instability, all initially could have been sources of her symptoms. Um, so they did some kind of upper quarter screening um, and looking, she had pretty good cervical range of motion. Uh, she didn't have any cervical compression issues, um, no myotomal weakness. So Is cervical... Is this the thing when you're talking about when we say up the chain, 
they look at her cervical spine because like that's connected mm-hmm. to where her shoulder pain was hurting. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So what they're doing in this initial part, differential diagnosis, they're just trying to rule out different things. Okay. So they find, you know, kind of like, hey, I have a theory. Let me check this theory. So they thought it could be coming from her neck. They kind of ruled that out. Okay. okay. It wasn't really coming from the neck, they determined. Um, she also demonstrated full and pain-free shoulder range of motion. Interesting. Um, she... In, in all the directions. She had some limited shoulder strength, but it was equal bilaterally. Um, she did have limited thoracic mobility. So in her upper back, the mobility was not great there. Um, and so they thought they kind of needed to kind of look a little bit more at her uh, thoracic spine. So after screening, more specific tests was done to kind of look at her uh, thoracic spine. Her shoulders were ruled out, and they kind of thought that this might be more thoracic kind of rib dysfunction. Is that kind of where the she doesn't fit in the box comes from? Yeah, I think it's that she doesn't fit in the box because um, when they did the differential diagnosis, um, you know, they came up with a rib dysfunction as kind of like their treating diagnosis. So where her Hmm. rib meets her thoracic spine and the theory being that, you know, during her coughing and, you know, being sick, she could have strained or exacerbated that area um but you know she's having a lot of pain in mm-hmm. her arm and shoulder blade okay so it's not just specific to the one area where the problem is Interesting. and we talk about that all the time on the podcast you know we've talked about this concept um but it's nice that this article points out uh what we call regional interdependence so yeah it makes sense if you have a rib that has an issue that could affect your shoulder blade Interesting. i would never guess I yeah. think of ribs as like in front of my belly. Yeah, but your so ribs go all the way around. <laughs> right, you think about that, but actually the the spot where your rib attaches to your spine in the backside mm-hmm. is a more common spot of dysfunction and actually an area that we treat quite a lot in physical therapy. So folks out there that um, you know, people will describe like a sharper pain or a catch or something that comes and goes or you know, a deep breath or mm-hmm. blowing out your birthday candles, you know, <laughs> like pain in those areas and with those kind of things, a lot of times can be rib type issues provided other, you know, lung and other things have mm-hmm. been ruled out. But um, a lot of times these can be, you know, musculoskeletal and they can be painful in the beginning um, and then they kind of can get more chronic and they're just nagging. And so I've seen a lot of patients over the years that, you know, maybe had a fall or maybe had even a you know, car accident or something like that, and they just never got 100%, and they've always had this chronic issue. Okay, so if she had this sickness and she rides horses, was there any, like, other injury that, like, compounded this, or Uh, did she fall off a horse? Nope, Nope, she didn't have any of that, no trauma, no particular injury, so. Okay, wow. Yeah, so they kind of came up that uh, her exam revealed multiple impairments, multiple body regions, And so the rib symptoms really shouldn't be treated just in isolation. Um, So, you know, like we've talked before, if you get limited and say they only do like rib mobilizations, but they don't re-strengthen her shoulder, she's probably only going to get a certain percentage of progress. She's not going to get all the way better. Hmm. So that's where this concept came from, this regional approach um, and, and working down the kinetic chain, which is when we talk about the chain of joints connected. Um, So even so far as in this case, they looked at her lower body like motor control and strength deficits, and they addressed that with full body functional loading task because she was, 
going to have to go back to you know working in the stables uh-huh. and if her legs aren't strong she could likely re-injure this rib area so they did a good wow. job of kind of looking full body they um, said you hurt here let's do a whole body exercise. exactly exactly so to our patients out there next time like you come to therapy and you have like a shoulder problem when we're talking to you about doing like hip strengthening we didn't pick up the wrong chart we, we know <laughs> what we're doing so um, it's all connected. Yeah, so they do a good job, again, outlining the treatment. They kind of broke the treatment up into three phases. They wanted to improve the pain, progressive strengthening, and then functional loading. And so that, you know, breaks them, breaks it down kind of into, you know, more the acute, kind of like return to activity, and then finally like a strengthening program. Okay. How long did that go for? Well, she was seen for a total of like 19 visits, but what's really cool is she was able to get back to work in like two weeks. That's awesome. You know, and it's really, really cool. So, um, again, we've talked before about combination, right? They didn't just do exercise. It didn't just do hands-on. It was combination, multimodal. So they do some mobilizations of her thoracic spine. They do some manipulation of her thoracic spine, mobilization of her rib joints, as well as some strengthening. And again, like I said, I won't I kind of won't bore everyone with just reading that, but <laughs> it is outlined really, really nice in the um, in the article, and they go into the exact treatments that they did, okay. um, all treatments that we're trained on in Oxford Physical Therapy, and things that we'll probably be reviewing and refreshing in this upcoming shoulder course. Um, but you know, the interesting thing is that again, with it being a case study, you can see exactly kind of what happens. Um, over the course of time. So it's interesting to kind of read this and yeah. see how the patient progresses. Any treatments in there that surprised you or? I won't say necessarily surprises, just confirm the fact that, yeah, this is, you know, what you need to do uh, back to kind of the quiz question. Like, okay. if you Are look we answering at, it? Well, yeah, I think so. I okay. mean, if you look at this patient in a bubble and you say, oh, well, they only have a rib issue, um, or they only have a thoracic spine issue, you would have neglected to do some of the other uh, overall strengthening, reconditioning that they did that allowed this individual to kind of get fully better and, um, you know, get over the hump of this chronic issue that they were facing. Interesting. Did yeah. you have that a lot when you were in PT school? Did you have short answer questions? Uh, I feel like we had a lot of that. I feel like there's a lot like that of... that just leaves a lot of, like, wide variety. Because, like... Well, I think that that's the interesting thing. You know, people talk about physical therapy being a science and an art. So <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, I so you it. have the science, right? We need to know anatomy. We need to know yeah. how tissue responds. Doctors. But you have the art of how all that is applied and intertwined to help make the patient better. I love it. And so I think that physical therapy is a, uh, depending on the person, a short or long answer. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's as much of a multiple choice. You know, it's not like, oh, take this medicine. It's kind of like, well, we need to do this exercise, see what yeah. happens. Maybe we do this hands-on thing and do a different exercise. It's, hmm. you know, very much an interactive dynamic process. Love so it. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So the cool thing in this article, since it was a case study, they did have a patient perspective, and I think that's always really yeah. neat. Um, do and they get so, to enter that themselves, and then they just, like, put it in? Or in this case, the they patient, edit? they said, uh, the following is an excerpt from uh, an unprompted email. So the patient Aww. decided to email the therapist three we weeks after feedback. discharge. 
And so the patient says, I'm over three weeks with no pain at work. I just needed to say thank you again. I know it's your job. It's what you do. But you honestly have made a huge difference in my day-to-day life. After living and working with the pain for so long, I forgot what it's like to do my job without it. Oh. And these past weeks have just been amazing. So, again, thank you. Don't you love with getting like those kind of? two exclamation points. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, anyone that's listening and has checked out our website, we have our banner that runs our patient um you know applause little yeah. things they send and i tell you what that's, people read reviews hey i know a, a i tell thing. you what if i'm ever having like struggling with something i pull up our reviews and i just start reading them and i'm like okay that's why that's why we're doing it yeah. that's what that's what it's all about hey. and so and where we're recording there's a nice little wall full of thank you i know cards. we're looking at a whole board full of thank you cards and pictures and yeah. unprompted fun things like people that. just send these it's so yeah, sweet it's i love cool. feedback yeah yeah so I think a great article, I think a great case study identifying that, hey, not everybody fits into Mm -hmm. an exact category, but if we use our mind and use our hands well in physical therapy, we can help. So I think that goes for more than just physical therapy. That's right. (laughs) In life. That's right. So for folks out there who might be feeling pain in your shoulder, pain in your mid-back, pain, you know, around that rib area, and maybe even had a history recently of a respiratory issue or recovering from something, um, you know, and en- encourage you to give us an opportunity. Remember, you have direct access. There it is. I so thought we were getting out of here. <laughs> you don't need a referral or a prescription. Now, in some instances, we might say, hey, we need to get this checked out or tested, and we can help you find the right person for mm-hmm. that. But in many, many cases, we can just start treatment right away and help you get better. Better, faster. That's right. Back to doing what you love quicker. Yeah. And you skip the line of the wait. That's right. Love it. Well, happy 2023, everyone. Happy Thanks 2023. for tuning in. and. Before long, we'll be saying, wow, I can't believe it's February. You know what? Don't wish it away just yet. (laughs) Well, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!